0: Before we start the show, we just wanted to take a moment to thank you, our listeners, for your support. This podcast is a labor of love, and we are so grateful for everyone who has taken the time to listen, to share a praise report or a prayer request, to leave a review, or even
1: share our pod with a friend. You mean the world to us. We recently launched a monthly sponsorship option to help us keep bringing you new episodes. So if you can, please consider subscribing. You can find the link in our show notes. And if you can't commit to a monthly sponsorship, please consider leaving us a review or sharing with a friend. Doing so helps us reach new people and helps us keep the show going. Thank you so much. Now, on to the show. Hello, kings and queens and in-between, sinners, saints, and I don't know if I am or ain't. Welcome to another bishop-erific episode of Yes Jesus. I'm Azariah Southworth, and I'm here with our fill-in host, and he will fill you in, the freaking deacon.
0: Ross Murray. <laughs> and
1: here at Yas Jesus, we believe God is calling you to be delightfully queer, honey. And there are some queer bishops out
0: there, but we'll talk about them after we talk about the Gay Christian News. So we've got the, how to, can you do the theme song? The doo-doo, doo-doo, <laughs> you, you do it. You do it again. Gay Christian News.
1: <laughs> Every year, Campus Pride publishes the best of the best colleges and universities for LGBTQ students in the United States. It's a part of their Campus Pride Index, and it's the schools who rank the highest. So the best of the best lists will categorize the most inclusive schools by region of the country, but they are also creating categories for community colleges and religious schools. See, now,
0: I am an alum of both a community college and a religious school, so I'm very supportive of both of these new lists. I'm excited about this.
1: So the religious schools needed to score consistently over 3.5 stars and live out the values of LGBTQ inclusion. Ten religious schools made the list. I'm assuming Liberty didn't.
0: They did not. But you know who did? I'm super proud alum here. My alma mater, Augsburg University in Minneapolis, was on the list. It wasn't just on the list. It was at the top of the list. Like, it was number one. Maybe that was because it was alphabetical, but I don't care. We're number one. Go Auggies.
1: Yeah. Proud Augie moment. All right. Well, some of the other religious schools on campus prides. Best of the best list. Are you ready? If you're you know, if you're considering colleges and you're LGBTQ, here's a list for you that might be good for you. Number one, Augsburg's University. All right. We're still number, one, one, right number one. Number, number one. Number one. We're number one. <laughs> Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington, Guilford College in Greensboro, North Carolina, Lebanon Valley College in Annville, Pennsylvania, Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles, Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas, Virginia Wesleyan University in Virginia Beach, William Met University in Salem, Oregon, and Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., And if you are a student at one of these universities, tell us about your experience. You can do that at yasjesuspod.com by submitting an audio recording right there on our website.
0: Yes, we would love to hear from some students at these religious schools. And, you know, maybe they're not even there for religious purposes. They just like the school, but I love that it's on the list and I love that that's a part of it. So I I hope we have listeners that go to these schools.
1: Yeah. Well, right now we're going to hear from our listeners about their praise report and prayer requests, which they submitted to us online. This praise report is from Manuel. Manuel says, Hello, Daniel and Azariah. I'm a huge fan of Yes! Jesus podcast." You guys have educated me every Sunday through every episode, and now I know that no matter my identity and colors, God loves me and will always be by my side. I used to think that it was wrong to be gay and love Jesus because that's why what society in my hometown in Honduras, wow, okay, tells you. But since I started listening to you guys, I realized I was wrong. I started praying again in the morning and before bedtime, and I started going to mass once in a while when I'm able to. So thanks for all of that. Now I'm sending every episode of this podcast to my friends who have the same wrong idea I used to have. So yes, you guys are helping and transforming lives. God bless you for that. And Manuel says, I would love it if you guys pray for my upcoming board exam in October. I'm a Honduran medical doctor applying to medical residency. Nice. So please help me pray for that and for God to help me go over this board test and all my anxiety and panic attacks. Love you both, Manuel. Wow, Manuel! Yes, that is a big thing coming up for you. You know, I almost married a doctor. I don't want to brag, but um, <laughs> I know that that's a that's a huge thing to study for your board. And are
0: you uh, single, Manuel? Are you single? Because <laughs> Azariah, I, I'm I'm on the hunt for my friend Azariah here. So, well,
1: Honey Ross, I'm not single anymore. That's my praise oh. report. Oh, this is oh so- sorry,
0: sorry, Manuel. As well <laughs> as off the market, I, I didn't want to get your hopes up. But,
1: but Manuel, we are open. So um, <laughs> once you pass that board exam, call me, honey. <laughs> I'll, I'll help you with your anxiety. anxiety. <laughs> anyway, we got a prayer request. <laughs> Take it away. Yes. Else.
0: Yeah, this prayer request uh, was an audio submission. So, someone went to yasjesuspod.com and left uh, an audio voice prayer request. So, voicemail It's from Kaylee. And we are, and uh, all I know is Kaylee came out to a friend. Let's take a listen at what Kaylee had to say.
1: Hi, my name is Kaylee. I'm from Illinois. I came out to one of my friends recently, and it went as planned, but I was hoping she'd surprise me. But um, it was the typical. I love you, but I still believe marriage is between a man and a woman. And I'm loving you by not supporting you dating a woman. And I guess my prayer request for that is like setting appropriate boundaries with that and for God to open her heart to some queer Bible theory. Uh, anyway, I love the show.
0: Oh, Kaylee. Oh, I am. Uh, that is so hard. I'm I am so sorry that your friend was not there for you, not being that support for you. And that your friend thinks that loving you means... Not supporting you, um, it's misguided and it is wrong. And you, you are God's beloved creature, and you deserve so much better as God's beloved creature. That is, it is so hard.
1: You know, I I know what it's like to be on that end. This this week, I just had a conversation with my sister. She just brought it up out of nowhere. Um, I just sent pictures of me going to the Tammy Faye movie premiere, and she came back with, "Homosexuality is demonic." And it just was out of nowhere. And sometimes when people in our lives that we love and we care about, we want them to be in our lives when they when they don't show that support that we are seeking, I think what we can do is we can be the light that shines for them to take the path of enlightenment, really. So just continue to be yourself because who you are is a light and who you are is a witness to God's creation and to God's love. And so just continue to be that. And if your friend is truly paying attention, and if your friend is truly wanting to love you and support you, they're going to see that. And they're going to have to recognize their own biases and make a decision if they're going to lay those down and retire those biases, or if they're going to grow and evolve
0: yeah, Kaylee, I think I think both you and Manuel, you are both evangelists in your own way, in different ways and places and finding ways that you are sharing the love of God with other people. And some folks are going to be open to that. And some people just aren't there yet. I think your prayer is right to ask your friend's heart and mind to be open. Um, but yes. uh, you are a witness to God's love. Um, and so we're going to keep, we, we are going to pray for you, uh, today and pray for you and <laughs> both but I think you are both doing God's work in Illinois That's right. and in Honduras alright well we we'll love take a break
1: and when we come back we will be back with the oh, scripture of the day and we are back and it's time for the scripture, scripture of the day, day. Scripture of the day Scripture of the day It's so good <laughs> All right, scripture of the day comes from 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. It says, "The saying is sure, whoever aspires to the office of bishop desires a noble task. It is
0: noble and it it is absolutely a task. If someone wants to be a bishop, <laughs> it is it is not for glory and for um honor, it is work and hard work. <laughs> I I will I want to say yeah. that like firsthand. Um that we're here we're going to talk about queer clergy, pastors, mm-hmm. ministers, priests, but especially mm-hmm. in this episode, um, I've got
1: some fun stories, and we're going to talk about some queer bishops. Queer bishops. I can't wait. And, you know, I had to say, I just have to ask, you know, I know what a deacon does, and you're a deacon, Ross. Uh, I know what a priest does, but a bishop, I have no clue. Are they like the principal of a school administrator?
0: I, I have heard one of the people I'm going to talk about here, Bishop Megan Rohr, described part of their job as being like a school principal. Like, the like... Okay. Um, like, part like one was like a, a an admin, like the CEO, like, I'm keeping mm-hmm. kind of the business going, and we're keeping us together and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the other part was like the principal, like, oh, you couldn't handle this at the local level? It's a problem? I Like, I'm like the level up of like, okay, let me help deal with and fix and solve and heal and do all those things like so combining like ceo and principal i think
1: so bishops are deal probably with a lot of karens i sounds there yeah they,
0: they probably <laughs> let me
1: speak to your bishop <laughs> <laughs> they,
0: they are when someone says that yeah when someone says to a priest i want to speak to the manager then they have to like call the bishop and
1: be like okay <laughs> that is it.
0: absolutely it <laughs>
1: All right, so we are recording this after something of a big weekend, and Ross was there to witness it. It was a super queer clergy bishop weekend, especially in the Lutheran Church, wasn't it?
0: It was. It was a huge weekend. I I think we all know this. I'm pretty Lutheran, um, but in the Lutheran Church, when the week before we recorded this, um, we installed two queer bishops, and both of them, in their own way, were first, which was really cool.
1: That's it. Very exciting. So on September 11th, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America installed the first transgender bishop. And on September 12th, the ELCA, also Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, installed the first out lesbian bishop. And Ross, you know both of these bishops and you Worked with both of them. And in fact, you were there at the installation of Bishop Megan Rohr, the first transgender bishop.
0: I was. It was very cool. And I, I mean, I want to spend this episode just kind of talking about what this weekend was like, because it yeah. was it was wild. Um, it's historic. It's historic. It is. Um, so, yes, on, on Saturday, September 11th, like a big day for our country, let's say that, like this was acknowledged, Um, Megan Rohr was installed as the Bishop of the Sierra Pacific Synod of -hmm. the ELCA the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Um, And so the Sierra Pacific Synod, the Lutheran Church in the United States is sort of broken up into these 65 synods, geographic territories. And the Sierra Pacific Synod is basically Northern California and Northern Nevada. So like San Francisco up and then like all the way across Nevada. Um, And Megan is the first transgender bishop, definitely in the ELCA, probably in the Lutheran Church and like probably like in the big mainline Christian church as well. And if you don't know, Megan uses both they and he pronouns so I'm gonna use they okay. for um, for today's episode because I was doing a lot of work helping to make sure that was being done correctly and um, and and the one of the cool historic things besides just being the first transgender bishop, um, Megan has a personal history. So it was only 12 years ago in 2009 that the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, had a ban on, essentially a ban on queer clergy. Um, Mm. And so Megan was ordained extraordinarily, had an extraordinary ordination.
1: What does that mean, though?
0: So, Extraordinary. Because, yeah, so because of that ban in the Lutheran Church, um, there were congregations, and there was an organization that recognized that, you know, there are people that have gifts to be pastors mm-hmm. and ministers, but this policy is blocking them from getting to be pastors and ministers. And so, we're going to uh, make sure they're qualified, and mm-hmm. we're going to ordain them, even though the denomination doesn't actually recognize their ordination so there was some history of like you know people would get ordained and then the churches that called them would get like kicked out of the church it was very messy and very gross um and megan was one of those folks that you know uh found a calling and found an ordination and they uh they got ordained but the church didn't recognize it until after this policy changed in in 2009 um and then after that they had to create like a special like, worship service, like, rite of reception, like, we will receive you into the roster of the ELCA. Um, so, I went to that, which was in 2010. It was a few months after the the 2009 vote, um, which, was, which was really cool. But in the meantime, Megan had done, um, in San Francisco, there's something called the night ministry, uh, okay. which is h- homeless ministry. Uh, it's a lot of staying up overnight, making sure people have Food and blankets and clothing, and also sitting with them and praying with them and getting them into you know rehab or you know whatever else is necessary It's kind of like part social work, part um, part ministry. Um, and then Megan was also the pastor of a really cool congregation that was called Her Church. Um, that was very, mm-hmm. like, the feminine uh, depictions of God. And 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 I remember during the rite of reception, people were like, ooh, Her Church. It was kind of, like, wild and scandalous. Like, oh, there's so many vaginas all over the place. Why, why <laughs> do we do this? Um, but that, that's just kind of part of the cool thing that, like, Megan's always did cool stuff like.
1: It's amazing. Like, how how something, referring to God as a female... Can still uh, be scandalous to this day, you know. Um, when really all of us start out as women mm-hmm. in in the womb, where we, we all start out as women, and then if you beca- if you're born as a biological male, that's because you know you you first started out as a woman in the womb, right? Um, but uh, that's that's fascinating to me that you know we can't still see God as, as female for some of us. It's still mind-blowing, but...
0: Yeah, it's, it, it, it's wild. And I think, I mean, I think we need churches like that that, like, move mm-hmm. our imagination past, like, the stuff that's right in front of us. So, I think that's what's been so important and so cool. Yeah, um, and so, so, Megan was elected in May, um, as Bishop. And right after the election, they called me because they knew this was a historic moment. They knew like the media was going to pay attention. And I have a day job at Glad mm-hmm. where I do a lot of work with the media. And so they asked me for help with educating the media, managing them a little bit, helping, you know, to get the right kind of media attention, um, right. making sure that the media uses the right pronouns um because it'd be very easy to misgender uh megan and so how do we put that up front how do we educate people make sure they're doing you know saying the right stuff and doing it correctly um and you know megan gets like a staff and there was a communications person who was really new and so because i have contacts and things like why don't i help you out and so um you know getting you know into like good morning America and um, in all the queer press and stuff like that. Um, So we did some talking and some planning and I sort of sent them all these media contacts to make sure that, um, that it was reported on because it's a big deal. And also it's reported on correctly. This is very high churchy, but there was basically a worship service. That's like the installation, like Megan had been doing the job for a couple months, but like there's an actual worship service where like the magic happens, I guess. Um, Yeah. And Megan, asked me if I would be the assisting minister at the installation service in San Francisco, which was really fun. And
1: I don't do stuff like that very often. So is this going to be like written in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America's like history books? I mean, it'll get written in some history book, probably a queer one. Is it going to say like freaking Deacon Murray was I, up there reading the scripture?
0: I have a hunch, not. No one's going to remember who the assisting minister was. Um, the, the the bishop is the big deal. My essentially, when you're the assisting minister, your job is essentially to hold the book for the bishop.
1: Like, oh, here, deacon Deacon Ross Murray was holding the book exactly. Exactly. i
0: read some prayers. I held the book a lot. Um, at the end of the service, there's a little section that we always say like, go in peace, serve the Lord. I got to say that, mm-hmm. which is essentially the last thing you say in the worship service. So I like, I'm not, Deacon, I was the closer. Deacon Ross
1: Murray had the final word. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what was, so Ross, I'm curious, like, what was that experience like? Because, obviously you know that you are participating in a historical moment that this is your friend as well someone that you've worked with what were some of the emotions and and but you're at the same time it sounds like you were having to work not just with holding the book and reading the scripture but also balance like the communication side of it as well so what were what were some of the emotions and feelings that the thoughts that you were having that day as you were living it out I, I mean, It it was
0: wild because I think one of the things that I just think about is sort of this arc of how far we've come. And Megan Mm -hmm. and I are roughly the same age and we're both Midwestern. Megan's from South Dakota. I'm from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this church that I know and that I love go from exclusion to like Mm -hmm. utter panic about this is going to destroy us. Like now that we're inclusive, everyone's going to leave and we're going to become a shell of a church. And since then, seeing these leaders step up and help lead and guide the church and knowing that it's someone who has been an outsider, like be an insider, I think is, is really cool and telling and is gonna send a bigger message out to the wider world. So, I mean, I, the importance of the day is struck on me. And then the fact that I just, I personally know them, I think also made a really big, like made a really big difference.
1: And what a cool arc for the narrative of the ECLA church in general to, to have gotten it wrong, and it's okay to get things wrong. We will get things wrong in life and as organizations, but then to correct it and and to say that we see the talents, we see the gifts that God has imparted to LGBTQ people, and you too have the right to serve and to right. lead us. Right, right. It's beautiful.
0: And, and I think, honestly, the other thing I, I sort of said is, Megan is a different kind of bishop. Like, being transgender is part of it, uh, <laughs> um, obviously. But I also think, like, you know, mainline Protestant churches, we lean heavy into the old white guys. Uh, and <laughs> my church, it, confession, the Lutheran church is the whitest denomination in America, right? This, okay. this and, and so, you know, we trust, our trust often is defaulted toward old white guys and Mm -hmm. we've started we've started barely to see that grow and shift and change in ways and so megan is an example of that being transgender and and also having come from uh doing work with the homeless um do you know her church um doing uh the other thing that megan has done is some media work so megan was uh one of the pastors in that queer eye episode with another Lutheran pastor. Um, if you've seen this episode where they kind of do a makeover for, for a pastor, they had sort of an intervention with a bishop, Guy Irwin, and Megan, who then was a pastor. And so, that pastor, Noah, came to the installation as well, um, and he oh, was fun. there. And this is like a bigger, wider, people get to see a vision and a side of the church that looks and feels really, really different. And the other thing Megan is, is uh, and I think this is also important about the September 11th piece, Megan is a chaplain to first responders in San Francisco and is a chaplain for the San Francisco Police Department. And so representatives from the police and from the fire department were there. And the ties between a hope for the future and a remembrance of the lives lost on September 11th and the response of first responders in that moment was kind of a, a really cool sort of tie-together moment. I love that there were police and fire departments there. I love that there was that Noah, the pastor from Queer Eye, you know, showed up and wanted to be there and wanted to be a part of it. Um, I even got personally, you know, I run the naming project and uh, one of my campers was there uh, um, with with their mom because their mom is actually is a bishop who has called into this show before, um, and 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 the mom was there on official bishop business. Um, but you know, her kid got to be a part of the service and process and sit up front with all the people with all the robes and stuff too. It's the high church stuff is really cool. Like they they know how to put on a show, right? There was ribbons and color and water and dancers and all sorts of stuff.
1: So, I mean, I'm not going to speak for the kid that is part of the naming project, but I mean, at least I, I don't know what their future holds for them or what they aspire to do in the future, but at least they got to see and witness that in this church, that, you know, there's a place for me, even in leadership, you know, and, and see that celebrated and, uh, the gospel being walked out in practice. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It, it
0: was cool. because. And the other thing that happens is, you know, when there's queer bishops, when there's queer clergy, ordinations, these bishops, um, like, people come because they want to support each other. So there's a lot of queer, like, Lutherans were there, a lot of pastors, a lot of clergy. And, um, and and we'll put a, you can watch, this is recorded, it's on YouTube, we can put it in our show notes, and you can click and watch the, like, two-hour-long service you can see me hold a book um and but then when it was over there was like a reception outside in the plaza and uh you know people i knew were saying hi they were coming up and hugging me and they're saying i need to leave right away um we can't stick around we have to go to the airport because they are all flying from san francisco to los angeles because the very next day (laughs) the elca Uh installed the first lesbian bishop, the first out lesbian Honey, we bishop, gotta, bishop. we gotta
1: move on to the next historic event. We gotta go, Russ. We love you. So them. many
0: queers all <laughs> in one weekend. It was all like this like crammed together. It was, th- that was the other cool thing. So I, I wanted to talk about the first lesbian bishop too, cause I think that was such yeah. a big deal. Um, her name's Brenda Boss. Um, okay. And the cool thing is she came to being a pastor after having a career in television production. And my favorite fun fact about her is that she worked for a season on the Golden Girls. So, you know, she's a bona fide, like, queer icon.
1: I want to eat cheesecake with her sometime soon and wear caftans.
0: I think she would see you in Palm
1: Springs, Brenda. She would be absolutely up for that. Um,
0: uh, Yeah. So while Bishop Megan was ordained extraordinarily, Bishop Brenda was in seminary when the ELCA was doing this policy change. And I think her ordination actually got delayed because waiting for this policy to change. But what's really interesting is that Megan and, and Brenda aren't the first queer bishops and Brenda replaced the first gay bishop in the ELCA. So in 2013, Guy Irwin became um, the first openly gay bishop in the ELCA, also of the Los Angeles area, Southwest California. He also was the first indigenous bishop that we had in the ELCA. They liked him. He served for for a term and he got reelected. He served for like another half a term. And then he resigned um, so that he could become the president of a seminary. So he's like, he's moved on to good things, but like, our queer clergy are doing good things for the church, which I think is what's really cool. And he came back for Brenda's installation service. There's a really cool like group photo of like all the folks and he's there
1: like right with her, which is so cool. It's very cool. Well, queer clergy have been around for a long time as we know, but a few have been elevated to higher office, but that number keeps growing. So,
0: So yeah, I'm I'm remembering like one of the, I mean, one of the first that I know of is Bishop Gene Robinson. And I don't, do you remember when he was elected a bishop in 2003? Like that was a
1: big deal. I remember my parents bad talking it, thanking, saying how that church is not, it's a false church. You know, of course they want to write it off without actually doing the work to see what the Bible actually says and to see the heart of of gene robinson and brenda and megan you know and the beautiful uh work that they're doing of sharing the gospel you know because that's that's too hard to do (laughs) but it's the right thing to do
0: Mm -hmm. the fact that and Um, i remember this about gene robinson and it was true for megan and i don't know about brenda but maybe but they they all wore um they all wore kevlar vests to their installation service And I remember that in a documentary about Gene Robinson, just talking about that. Like, again, like it's a big joyful celebration, but underneath there's like, there's
1: concern for violence. Yeah, a legitimate concern still to this day. Well, we couldn't get queer bishops without queer clergy. And just thinking, of a few of those forerunners who are stepping out there's troy perry who honey she's a pentecostal sister to me okay she grew up pentecostal but troy perry founded the mcc church metropolitan community church which is the first lgbtq denomination that was i think what back in the 60s late like 60s early yeah, 70s pre stonewall founded it yeah and um so, Troy Perry, there's Troy Perry, and there's also Aaron Swinson, a Presbyterian minister and psychotherapist. We love our psychotherapists.
0: Um, it, I mentioned before, so in the Lutheran church, like the ones that often get talked about are kind of this trio of Jeff Johnson, Phyllis Zillard, and Ruth Frost. Um they were ordained in 1990, right when, like, the evangelical Lutheran Church in America kind of first formed as a denomination. And there was not a policy against queer clergy at the time, but once they got ordained, like, people freaked out and then, like, quickly made a policy and defrocked the three of them, kicked the churches out that had called them, right? that This was, like, punitive. You know, so they were kind of were the beginning of this whole movie. That extraordinarily ordained was from them being the first, and... Jeff Johnson they're, they're they're all still pastors or they're or they're close to retirement but Jeff Johnson is still a pastor in the San Francisco Bay Area. He, he became very close to actually getting elected bishop instead of Megan. Like they were some of the finalists when it came down to the final rounds and he planned the installation worship service, and so he was the one who's communicating with me about this is what we're going to do. Show up at this time. Here's the script, like all the stuff to do and say, um, and handling all the coordination and like moving from that like moment of exclusion to like now I'm helping to usher in queer bishops. I think is one of the really coolest things.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, one one queer clergy that I would like to point out um, is also uh, Stephen Peters who was recently featured in the movie, the eyes of Tammy Faye starring Jessica Chaston and Andrew Garfield. Um, but uh, Stephen Peters was an MCC pastor um, back in the seventies when the MCC church really first started. And his story is uh, prominently displayed in the movie, um, but he's, he's someone else that I would like to point out. There's also Nicole Garcia. Uh, we had uh, her on Yes, Jesus, and she offered us a prayer. So did Stephen Peters on an episode. Um, and there's also Paula Stone Williams, an evangelical preacher.
0: There's an Episcopal transgender priest named Cameron Partridge that I knew from a distance. Like I he was a chaplain in new England, um, but now is in San Francisco and was at the service. And I got to like meet him for the first time. Um, he had a job. He was this is very true. This is how you and I are different. He was the thurifer, which is the, the person. Do you, have you ever seen those, those movies with like a priest who has a, a ball of incense on a chain and they sort of swing it back and forth. He walked with a, Ball of incense and swung it back and forth during these processions.
1: She's got the she's got the uh, purse that's on fire. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. That <laughs> that
0: that is that is the queerest job in a worship service, right there. Um, that purse is fire. And a real special shout out. I'm I'm adding this name, um, Drew Stever. Um, is a newly ordained transgender pastor serving a church in Hollywood who created Camp Quarantine, which is kind of a sister camp to the naming project. And I'm saying this because Drew messaged me a few weeks ago and said like, you know, we've got some queer bishops, you should do an episode on queer clergy. So Drew, we're doing this episode because of your suggestion, thank you. And congratulations on you getting to be a pastor of your own congregation too.
1: I have to check Drew's church out. I, I live right
0: by Hollywood. Yeah. Is there anyone else? So I mean, there. Are, I know. I know tons. Like I mean, there's we, a lot, right? <laughs> I, I, like the but. one, the one bishop I have it named, Kevin Strickland, is an openly gay bishop, and I, I think what's interesting about him is he is the bishop of Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, and Mississippi. He is a gay man bishoping the south, the Bible Belt, essentially. God bless him.
1: Do that. Do that, Bishop. Those Bishop duties. Exactly. Bishop. <laughs> yeah, I feel. I right, feel well.
0: like there's so there. There are so many, and they've been. They've They've done so much along the way, and I know we're just naming a few. But if there are more, you know, message us. Yes, Jesus pod. Put it on social. We want to hear your nominations. Your favorite queer clergy.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm so glad that you came on Ross today to tell us about your experience with that historical event of uh, Bishop Megan Rohrer. uh, becoming the bishop of the ELCA church in uh, the uh, northwest region of the U.S., right, really? The California-Nevada region, northern California-Nevada region. Um, And we need to really just give thanks anytime we we have moments like this when someone follows God's calling and the church does the right thing to recognize the gifts in all of God's children, Uh, especially those who are queer folks who are following God's calling into what can often be hostile places and are working to transform those spaces. So we definitely want to give thanks for that.
0: Yeah. And I, I think especially for our listeners too, I really want to say this clear, you have a calling as well, our listeners, there's the scripture you know, some are called to be bishops and some are pastors and some are deacons. Um, we've got titles, but everyone has a calling that we live out in our everyday lives, like the way that Manuel and Kaylee are evangelists in their everyday lives. Like, we have this calling, and you, you as right, you and Danny in this show, this is definitely a calling Me? as well. You have a calling have from a calling, God Ross?
1: on your heart <gasps> somewhere. It's there. Oh, it's there. (laughs) It's there somewhere. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. Um, Well, we all have a calling. And this week's Tithe Love Offering Charity Act of Good, who are the queer clergy in your community? If you don't know, seek them out, find them, and thank them for their ministry and go to a service, participate in their community events to show your support because that is really helpful. Volunteer if you can. Mm-hmm. And if you, if
0: you know other queer clergy that we didn't name, there are lots, lots, lots out there. Leave us a message at yasjesuspod.com or on social media at yasjesuspod. Tell us about the awesome queer clergy in your area because we want to. We can do another, we can do a whole other episode with all the people we didn't name on this one. So, give us the yes. names.
1: We want to celebrate you and, and, and support you and however we can.
0: And we've got a new segment. We've talked about it a few times, but um, you've heard our episodes with Semler, that first queer artist to go number one on the Christian charts. And we heard from um, Melinda Hale, uh, that great ally who writes about love and justice in our songs. So today we have a song that was submitted by one of our listeners. There's a song called Suffer in Silence by the artist Talaya. Like this one. Talia. Um, this and is I'm, a good one. We're gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll do the prayer and the credits and we'll kind of close out with this song. Um, So we want to spread this love to other queer Christian music musicians and artists. So if you are a queer Christian musician and you want us to play one of your songs, send us an email at contact at yasjesuspod.com and send us a link where we can find the mp3 files of the songs that you want us to consider. You you listened to this one before already, right?
1: I do like this one. This is a good one. This is what you want to stick around for this one. Good, good.
0: So we can close out with prayer and then we'll, we'll get to the music. Let's do it. God, we give you thanks and praise for those queer people who have answered your call to be pastors and priests and deacons and ministers, and some of them answering the call to be bishops.
1: Yes. And thank you these days for Bishop Megan Rohr and Bishop Brenda Boss, and for the forerunners who made this moment possible for them.
0: We're giving thanks for those colleges and universities, the best of the best, who are creating welcoming and inclusive spaces, whether they are state universities, community colleges, and especially for our community, these religious schools. Let their numbers grow, more best of the best welcoming spaces so more LGBTQ students can have a safe space to live and move and
1: thrive. Yes, and for men well following the call to be a doctor in Honduras, thank you God for another healer. We need more healers like Manuel and help him to pass all his exams and establish that residency so he can continue to be a healer and do the healing work that you've called him to do.
0: And God, we pray for Kaylee and coming out to her friend, um, open her friend's heart open her friend's mind. And we especially pray, God, that you help Kaylee find good support, other friends, people that can be there and love her and support her and trust her so that she can also grow into being the person that you have made her to be. Amen. Amen. You ready to close out with our credits, Ross? We'll close it out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Yes Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yas Jesus Pod or on our website at YasJesusPod.com. And if you like the show, consider becoming a monthly sponsor. You can find a link to do that in our show notes, um, or you can leave us a review or you can share with a friend. Doing any of these things helps us to reach new people and keeps the show running.
1: Honey, and I gotta pay for that lip filler that I'm not ever going to get, but you can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website at yasjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com. You can send us
0: your praise reports, your prayer requests, your episode ideas, your guest ideas, or even just a, I think you'd make a great queer bishop. (laughs) We, you, you would make a great queer bishop. We would love to hear from you. I am the freaking deacon Ross Murray. Yes, Jesus is normally hosted by Daniel Francesi and...
1: Oh, the Bishop Azariah Southworth. I like it the sound that. It sounds bass. good. Yes. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauley. Yes, Jesus
0: is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bustillos, and Steve Michaels. And we are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And I'm going to scream it right now. God
0: loves you just as you are. So keep praising the Lord, (laughs) y'all.
1: Praise! Praise!